Welcome back to another episode of Onward Thinking. I'm Caleb Giffel. And this is Avery Johnson. And we're excited to have you back for another episode in season one of Onward Thinking. So true to the core of this podcast, we like to discuss big ideas that are changing our world and changing how we interact with those around it and just go about our everyday lives. And today's topic delivers that message home. We're excited to have a guest on that Avery will introduce himself that will take an in-depth look at a plant-based diet, what it looks like, how folks like us can approach the lifestyle changes such as a plant-based diet, and what some of the overall benefits of this life change can be. We're very fortunate to have a very, uh, very good uh, expert in this field with us today and to hear some of her insights on this topic. So that being said, uh, Avery, tell us a little bit more about our guest today. Yeah, our guest today is Lauren Johnson. Uh, she graduated with a degree in public health, or uh, what? What is the the what was the major that you had? <laughs> was it called? <laughs> it was called health promotion and oh, education. But health the university, the university just changed the name to public health, and that's more well known. So yeah, public that, health is fine. That's what I get for working in admissions. I always keep up to date with my major names. So she graduated when the major name was that major name, and now it's public health. But okay, that's beside the point. <laughs> She also is a licensed <laughs> Food for Life instructor. Uh, she's going through a Ruby online culinary course right now. So she will be a certified um, plant-based professional cook. Uh, she's also going to be uh, T. Colin Campbell certified through his nutrition program as well. Uh, and has gone through a lot of books, a lot of research on this topic. Uh, and she's been living this way since September 2018. So she has a lot of experience, and she's going to be doing this for her whole life. Uh, so it's my pleasure to introduce Lauren Johnson to the podcast. She also happens to be my wife. So, <laughs> oh wow, no way! I was going to ask if you guys were somehow distantly related with the same last name of Johnson. That's neat. <laughs> There's quite a few Johnsons <laughs> out there that we aren't related to, but th these two Johnsons happen to be related. And for a fun twist this week, instead of Caleb and I being in the same room, uh, Caleb is remote and Lauren and I are in the same room. So that's pretty fun. Sweet. So we're going to go ahead and go and kind of dive into this and ask Lauren some questions uh, and just kind of get exposed to uh, the knowledge that she has on this topic and kind of see what we can learn. So just want to launch into it. Uh, you've been plant-based for quite a while now, uh, over a year. Uh, how, did, how did this all kind of start for you? Where did, did it come from your major? Did it come from your own mm -hmm. research? Yeah, I suppose it began a little bit when I was in college at the University of Northern Iowa. So I was originally pre-medicine was my degree at first, my major. Um, and I realized somehow throughout that journey that I did not want to go to medical school. And I think it was because I didn't want to prescribe medicine. Um, I didn't really know why that was, but then I got into the field of public health, but um, it wasn't in my education necessarily that I discovered plant-based nutrition, but rather um, when, let's see, was it when we joined a CSA? A community. Uh, yeah. Community supported agriculture. 
Um, so essentially we purchased a share of a local farmer's crops and of their vegetables. And so each week we got a gigantic box of uh, locally grown organic produce. And there were things in that box that I had no idea what they were. Like I had never seen them before. Um, like fennel? Like, yeah, fennel and even like a rutabaga and different herbs and pumpkins. And I mean, some of those things I'd seen before, but I had no idea how to cook those things. Um, and so having purchased a box of this produce, I am somebody who does not like anything to go to waste. And so I was going to do whatever it took to learn how to prepare those and um, to prepare them tastefully, right? So I learned how to cook. And I think along that journey and learning how to cook, I've always personally, like I'd always struggled um, with a pretty negative self-image and had a um, pretty poor outlook on myself physically. And so when I started to cook, I realized that food had a much more profound impact on me, uh, like mentally and emotionally and spiritually and physically, right? All of those things. Um, so I think it was in that journey of cooking that I realized that food impacts us a lot. Um, and then it was through that that I started just doing a bit of research. And um, once you learn one thing, I think about nutrition, it's hard to look back. Um, so I was consumed by it, right? Because my uh, physical identity at that point had really consumed me. So this was really uh, life changing for me. Nice. So you kind of stumbled into plant based eating, whole foods, plant based eating, as we kind of call it. Mm -hmm. uh, some people will call it vegetarian, vegan, but can you kind of describe what being whole food plant-based means and how it's different from maybe a vegetarian lifestyle or vegan and, you know, how identities get wrapped up in some of those terms? Mm, yeah, yeah, that is. Such yes, a good... I feel like that is a big thing that sometimes gets folks deterred at first almost is how just how many terms and labels right. get thrown at it. Um, where, I mean, I even look at like my grandparents where they might have heard of vegetarians because I mean, vegetarianism has been around, um, you know, and, um, where vegans or even just whole, whole, whole food, like plant-based, like Avery just said, but yeah, take us through some of those. Cause I think that is one of the barriers almost. Yeah. I, I honestly think it can be a barrier for people who are living that lifestyle too, because I, I found myself somewhat frustrated by the term, uh, vegan because I think it came with a negative connotation for some people who weren't in that community, if you will. And so it's like, I mean, it's just the way we eat, like the what food we eat, right? And I have, um, I have, so I heard, I heard somebody, Chris Bork is his name. He's a cancer survivor and talks about plant-based nutrition a bit. And he himself had said something along the lines of like, I, you know, I don't, I have so many other identities in my life, right? I'm a, I'm a Christian, a believer, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, you know, you have all these other identities. Like I don't want to be identified by the food I eat, right? Like we just eat food. So anyway, I'm a little bit frustrated sometimes by those identities and how that like puts us in a box. But um, for somebody like me coming into a plant-based lifestyle because of the impact on my health, um, I prefer the term, if you have to put a term on it, like plant-based, right? Because um, that's just what I eat. I'm fueled by plants and I think they're really nourishing for my body and they promote good health, right? Um, I think for some people who come into a vegan lifestyle, it's because of animal welfare or because of the impact on the environment. Um, and so a vegan lifestyle can often include like not um, having 
products that are made of wool or are uh, have leather, right? Or that they don't use any products that are used from animal, uh, like a byproduct at all. So that's sort of the vegan term where that might come from. Um, and vegan means that they don't eat animal products, right? Whereas plant-based is like, well, we eat plants. It's sort of like one's inclusive and one is exclusive, if you will, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how would you go about kind of starting a, a plant-based lifestyle? Would you start mm-hmm. out vegetarian? Would you start out vegan? Would you, do you kind of have to ease into it or do you just kind of like add a little bit of plants here and there mm-hmm. until you get fully there? I think that's, I certainly eased into it, right? Because it started with like, I just had to cook more vegetables. And I didn't see it at that time as being a transition to a plant-based diet. I had no idea, right? I was really excited when we used like a broccoli in some sausage, cheesy pasta, right? I was like, oh yes, greens in a pasta dish that had traditionally not added. So I think just starting by adding vegetables or fruits that you normally don't have and finding ways that to fit them into your meals. Um, and then, you know, I, I made the easy uh, swaps of like putting in a non-dairy milk, like almond milk or soy milk in instead of dairy milk. Um, and that was an easy swap. Even things like wheat bread instead of white bread or wheat pasta instead of white pasta, if you're doing products like that, I think making the more nutritious decision and you slowly start to realize that those things have a positive benefits to your health and then it you know you transition a bit more and more and I think for me it's just gotten more refined as I've realized how uh, critical it is for my personal health and for the health of our family Uh, then I just I can continue to learn and do my best to make the best decisions Um, I I love the quote by Maya Angelou that said uh, do the best until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. And I think that's uh, a really important thing to understand in terms of nutrition. Like once you learn about the best option, you really have a hard time not choosing that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I love that that quote and that concept behind that. So I've got to ask, because I'm just curious about mm. this process. You talked about how you eased into it, but I, I, I'm sure it still can't, um, can't be easy for everyone to, uh, to transition um, this way. So I'm just curious, what was the toughest part for you as you transitioned through this or, or even um, as you meet people um, through some of these events that you go to that have transitioned to this lifestyle, what would you say is like the biggest barrier that they, they often have to overcome? Hmm. That is a good question, Caleb. And it it like pulls at my heart a little bit because you're right. Like it's, it is, uh, it can be a struggle for people to understand how food impacts them. And so I think for me, like I, this is why I want to go into this field and continue to do something in nutrition because it's so important. Um, and most people just, they don't know. Right. And so for me, I guess in thinking about what might help people or what they might be missing, is just like, education. I don't know. I think, again, if you just start to read, I don't want to say read the literature specifically, right? Because I don't think any of us go to like the primary studies. Um, But just to like pick up a good book that, well, you know, with that's um, written on like very solid evidence and good science is just to start with that education, right? And I can share resources too, you know, aside from this, but I think that's a part of it is like start to really see that 
uh, there's evidence out there that says that food impacts us, right? Um, and then to begin to make decisions based on that. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Well, I think what we've been kind of alluding to is that no one's going to argue with the fact that plants are good for you. Yeah. That right. veggies are good for you. Plants are good for you. No one's going to argue with that. But when you start getting into like nutrition books, like if you go to the section in your bookstore that's on dieting, you start to get into the weeds. There's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of fads, a lot of um, things out there that aren't very good. Uh, we could throw out a couple of names pretty easily and start bashing on them, mm-hmm. but we're not going to yeah. do that. Uh, <laughs> But I want to actually, as you, since you mentioned that, um, how do you sort through, you know, and find a good book to start reading on this or yeah. like a, a doctor or someone that's done their research? Like, what are some of the, the books out there that you've gone to that you trust and some of the doctors and people that we can trust too? So we're not sucked into some kind of fad. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad you asked. I actually think that's a good starting point. It's like, find somebody that you know, that's interested in this and who you can trust who you know has found good evidence and then ask them so I appreciate you asking me this because I have um, done a lot of that research so I'll like list off a, a name of um, or sorry name off a list of doctors um, who have really transformed I think the field and have been in this field for a long time so um, T. Colin Campbell who wrote the China study that was a really foundational book and um, he's an excellent uh, researcher there. Um, Neil Barnard, John McDougall, uh, Caldwell Esselstyn, Dean Ornish, Michael Greger, Michael Clapper, and the list goes on and on. So um, I honestly don't know how I came across them, but they all sort of exist within the same circles, right? So you follow one and they share resource, resources from another, um, you know, that they're all really working together because it's benefiting everybody, right, for them to be working together like that. So um, in terms of other books, I think I started by reading one that was in defense of food. So it wasn't necessarily trying to convert people to be 100% plant-based, but it was just a good introduction to how food impacts us and the environment. So that one was good. Um, And then again, the China study, but that one's a a pretty like research heavy book, but definitely filled with evidence um, and prevent and reverse heart disease and McDougal program for maximum weight loss, the end of dieting, eat to live, how not to die. And the second book, how not to diet. So um, that's just a long list of um, books and doctors that I have come across. And there's many more. And the thing that I'm seeing with all these books that you're mentioning, they're written by doctors. Like these are people who have done their research and I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of curious, how did they get their start? Like what pushed them over the edge to go plant-based? It had to be research, right? Yeah. You know, I I don't know that I could even do justice to their backgrounds and the way that they came to the field. That's something you'd, you'd probably have to like go right to their Mm -hmm. personal biography to like learn that. But Honestly, I think a lot of them being doctors, they went through your like typical medical school training in the way that doctors are now, which mind you, they receive like a very, very, very minimal percent of nutrition education in medical school. And by minimal, I mean like 1% of their entire um their program in medical school talks about nutrition, but I think these doctors were practicing and, you know, whether they were a cardiologist or whatever specialty, and they saw when um, from researchers past, they had 
you know, done a study where it's like, okay, we have some people who are overweight or they have heart disease or diabetes. Let's see if we can do a more natural approach rather than getting in there and doing a bypass or opening their arteries, right? They're like, let's just see if we can do some lifestyle changes like um, improving their diet or adding exercise. And I think a lot of these doctors found the research that was like, this person's like artery to their heart opened up. And, you know, it was, it was clogged and they had never seen that in the literature before where somebody's like artery truly was their heart disease was reversed, reversed, essentially. So I think seeing that evidence, you're like, OK, there, there's something here. And so I think that's where they all began and they were funded to do their own studies and more and more of that has come out. So they've all learned from each other, I think, in that way. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right. So. You've convinced us. We're ready to go plant-based. <laughs> Let's do it. Easy, yeah. Um, actually, we're seeing a lot more, you know, kind of of a push towards plant-based mm. eating. Uh, you see some of these restaurants having plant-based burgers and more restaurants having, like, you know, plant options. Um, what is your opinion on, mm. on some of those out there? Should people, you know, add those to their diets or should they go home and make their own meals? <laughs> I suppose I think it it depends on um, what you most need from your meals, right? Like if it's affordability, definitely go home and cook your own meals. Um, inconvenience too. Once you can find some quick and easy recipes at home, that's for sure the best. Um, I think there's talk about those, uh, plant-based products that are like, uh, substitutes for meat and dairy. And they're, potentially no less harmful than the meat and dairy products themselves, right? In the way that they're processed. So that, again, you have to think about my perspective is from health, the health perspective, right? If you were somebody coming in from an animal welfare perspective or an environmental perspective, um, those products might not be so bad. But for me, seeing that like they're still filled with processed ingredients and um, preservatives and um, maybe colorings or things, you know, like that's not nutritious for our bodies, not a natural product to be consuming. So uh, that's my opinion about that. But I'm thrilled about the restaurants who are adding more uh, vegetable options and seeing that people um, are passionate about that and looking to just make healthier decisions for themselves. Awesome. So your, you kind of hit on this, but your main point for this is health. Yeah. It's not, I mean, there's other benefits too, like animals, the environment is a big one. We're hearing more and more about that. Mm -hmm. um, plants are more sustainable for the earth mm -hmm. than um, these big farming, like industrial farming animal operations. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. So people can, you can have different motives for going plant-based, but for you, it's specifically health. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about some of those questions that, that people ask when it comes to plant-based eating, okay. uh, especially when it comes to your health. Like the biggest one, probably the biggest question. I mean, Caleb could probably name it right here. Caleb, <laughs> what's the biggest question that plant-based eaters get? Like, can you really like live and thrive off a plant-based diet? How do you not whittle away into this like 90 pound like skin and bone structure right <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and like, where do you get your and, and i think it, and, and we've seen that so many times and, and thankfully some documentaries are coming out and they're covering this now but um i recall like i mean just like all of you like growing up and seeing like those uh what was it got milk campaign <laughs> where it's like the star of the day and they had that like milk mustache <sighs> was super cheesy or you just look at any advertisement now where um, just like masculinity now in uh, just the media and advertisement is more meat 
whether it's a su- uh, Subway commercial. I hope they never sponsored this because I'd be awkward. Um, you know, or Arby's, we have the need. Um, there seems to be this correlation that like marketing and ad agencies are pushing with, hey, if you want to be this macho, huge guy walking through the gym, or if you want to be this athletic stud, you have to be chowing down a steak at dinner and, you know, X, Y, Z. So can you touch on that a little bit? Mm, I can, but you might get me a little bit fired up about it. You know, it, I think it's frustrating. <laughs> and I mean, I it, it is disheartening. It is so hard for me to hear that because, I mean, medical school is literally funded by the pharmaceutical industry. So like you see doctors prescribing pills and procedures because like they learn that because their education is funded by the pharmaceutical companies. And same thing goes for like these meat and dairy uh, products, like in schools, I can only imagine the amount of money that's come in through like cattlemen's associations and lobbyists and people who like, there are big dollars and a lot of politics in those companies. And it's, it's terrifying actually, like for somebody like me, um, or anybody really, uh, it should for, be scary for any of us, the amount of power that industry has and their and dollars. Yeah. have. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll put it this, I'll put it this way. Um, so we had had Denise, my mother on the show uh, a few episodes ago for the COVID-19 episode. And I remember she shared this daunting statistic with us where for every dollar spent on healthcare, only three cents of that dollar is going towards preventative health. So informative programs such as on plant-based diets, only three cents of that dollar is going towards that. So that just shows like the magnitude that you're talking about of the pharmaceutical having control over this. It's scary, but continue. Yeah, I know that's a good statistics to throw in there. I think you're absolutely right. So yeah, no, that that's my opinion. I think we have we can't just trust everything at face value, right? Like there's I don't even think we realize the amount of marketing that we, we receive in all facets of our life that like really push consumerism and push these products that are not good for us. So um, that's why, again, for me, it's like I am so thrilled by somebody coming to a plant-based diet because of their health because like that is you experience it for yourself right like you you cannot um, discredit that transformation that somebody has it's just so beautiful and it's like that story is much more powerful I think than some of these like get your protein get your calcium it's um it it's hard to it's hard to compete with those ads but you have to be in good company and be surrounded by people who like can support you in seeing the positive things that you've experienced from plant-based diet like this absolutely it sounds like we need to do a little bit of fact checking let's do some fact checking right after this break Welcome back. Seriously, this time we are back with some fact checking. Uh, we left you high and dry there and we want to get into the nitty gritty now. And so we're going to ask Lauren some common questions that plant based eaters get and see what kind of answers we get. Hopefully they're good ones. They're going to be good ones. They're going to be fact, <laughs> strong, backed up answers. Ready, set. First question. Where do you get your protein? 
where do I get my protein? <laughs> the question, the dreaded question for plant-based eaters, right? Um, we get our plants because that's where it originates. In fact, every, every food has proteins, carbohydrates, and fat, right? That's just how food is. We have those three macronutrients. I, a lot of people haven't, I suppose, had uh, a class in nutrition, but that's just a part of it. So anyway, we get protein from beans and lentils and whole grains and vegetables and fruits and everything has protein. All of those things have protein. Every food has protein. So um, yeah. How do you know you're getting enough protein though? How do you know? How does a non-plant-based eater know that they're getting enough protein? True. Ooh, yeah, that's true. a good point. I, honestly, I mean, not every, we don't all walk around recording our macronutrients, right? I mean, some people may be athletes if they need a really, really specific amount, but mm -hmm. I actually hate to say this, but most people eating what's called the standard American diet, right? What or we, sad for sure. Sad. Yep. That's right. Um, <laughs> they actually get too much protein, and that is a thing. Um, too much protein can actually cause, like, kidney damage and osteoporosis and just basic things like fatigue. So I don't think people think about that sometimes, but there is such thing as too much protein. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then a protein like a plant-based diet, you talk about how there's protein in all these foods that you're eating then. Um, so would you say folks that embrace, like, this this lifestyle um, – are they closely monitoring their protein intake or how do they approach that? It sounds like they're, they're very well aware of that, but are they yeah. like tracking that or. I've never come across anybody who's tracking it, but you also have to like, I have never ever heard of somebody like being hospitalized for a protein deficiency, right? Like I just don't know that that's a common, not in the, our country, right? Maybe in some, mm -hmm. a, a country with very, very poor, like very, high rates of malnutrition. Um, but no, I don't. I think I feel very strong and healthy without. And so I think unless somebody's faced with a serious concern, but there are people who've been on plant-based diets for decades upon decades and have never had an issue. So no, I don't. Um, yeah. Okay. What about other vitamins like calcium or mm. B12 specifically? A lot of questions about B12. Yeah. Now B12 is something. So B12 comes from bacteria. Um, and so even there are some of those doctors that I'd mentioned previously, they actually recommend that everybody um, have a vitamin B12 supplement, especially those who are older than like 55 years old. Um, and so that is, yeah, because B12 originates in, originates in bacteria. And so we have very high like sanitation standards, right? And so we clean things very, very thoroughly and we kill a lot of the good bacteria, including B12. So um, I, we do supplement with uh, vitamin B12 um, and most other people should actually. Yeah. Great. And if you don't drink milk, what about calcium? <laughs> the, again, guys, a sad fact about calcium. If you can, if you consume too much dairy, for example, um, you're actually, you're getting, um, you're getting calcium, but in a very unhealthy way. So, um, dairy, if you didn't know, when you consume dairy, um, it causes your, the acidity in your blood to increase. And so when your acidity is elevated, your body actually has to pull the calcium from your bones 
to neutralize the acidity. This is like basic chemistry, right? Calcium is an element. It's a base, right? So when you consume dairy and it elevates the acidity in your uh, blood, your bones pull the calcium and like you're literally losing calcium from your bones and causing osteoporosis because of the acidity of the dairy products. So, I mean, they don't tell you that, right? Um, but that's what happens. And so anyway, calcium is an element on the periodic table of elements, right? right. I was a chemistry minor, so I geek out a little bit about chemistry, um, but it's an element and elements come from the earth. There are literally, you know, elements in, in the soil. And so calcium in its purest form comes from vegetables that are grown in the soil. So uh, leafy greens and beans specifically are really good sources of calcium. So cows get their calcium from grass, the grass that they eat. Exactly. Exactly. Or if they don't eat grass, then and they fed like their corn fed cattle, for example, yeah. then the farmers supplement that? Exactly. Yes, okay. exactly. They add wow. calcium then to the feed and or to the cows in some capacity. So you're not getting the it's just like you eating the supplement that the cow ate and getting it through the cow's supplement. It's very messed up. So we're just cutting out the middleman if we just go straight to plants. That's right. And you get it all. And you absorb it so much better too. And it's healthy, nice. right? There's no there's mm. no negative consequences from getting calcium from greens, right? So, yeah. And it almost seems that way too, in addition to dairy, where even just consumption of meat is just that same concept of recycled energy just from plants, correct? Yeah, you're exactly right. Wow. So this is right. uh, uh, this is pretty fascinating considering just, you know, like vi vitamins and B12 and just the protein source of it. So I'm curious, as you've touched and alluded to like the health benefits of this, I'm really curious about just like the disease prevention mm -hmm. that this could lead to. Because um, I think that almost creates this like a little bit of like a scared straight element of this as well. Um, so... What can you tell us in regards to disease prevention, um, life expectancy um, mm. for um, comparing these two diets? Because it is very much sounding like black and white comparing plant-based to non-plant-based. Yeah, yeah. And especially in terms of disease prevention. So I would say, and I think many of us could agree in the research shows that the standard American diet is like the primary cause of a lot of the leading killers in the United States of America specifically, right? In our country. So that includes like heart disease and cancer and um, high blood pressure and di type two diabetes and things like that. And the, a plant-based diet is the only diet that has been proven to uh, reverse, if not simply treat um, and prevent heart disease specifically and type 2 diabetes and obesity. Um, so I think when you're thinking about um, diseases and disease prevention and vitality, like this is the best way to go. Um, I even have I guess for me, like personally, my, I had a couple of grandparents who passed away from dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And there is an amazing body of evidence to talk about how diet impacts our brain, right? And those foods. And so I'm really, I am really motivated by that. I don't want to get Alzheimer's disease or dementia. And my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer a few months ago. And like that is preventable in most cases there there are like less than 10 percent of cancers are actually inherited um you know through genetics and so it's like our diet and our lifestyle has such an amazing impact on our health so yeah plant-based diet is certainly the best way to go it's the cleanest and most natural for us 
I think a lot of people too think of themselves as victims to their genes. Mm. Can you kind of talk about that? Can like mm. can genes be flipped on and flipped off based off the diet that you yeah, have? Yeah, they can. So I don't remember who it was specifically who said this. Somebody you will have to maybe look this up because I'm curious, but they say that your genes oh, this is a poor metaphor, I'm sorry, but the genes load the gun, um, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. So we all have these genes that could at any moment be flipped on but it truly is within our control to pull that trigger or not right so um it is and i'm i sometimes i'm not very like empathetic or sensitive in that way but i do i think we have such control over something like this where we we get to decide for hopefully a minimum of three meals a day um what foods we're using and you can either choose health or choose disease with every um biteful that you take wow yeah what if everyone was plant based, what would the the ca- like the casualty rate of genetic, just g- pure genetic based diseases be? Do you know that off the top of your head? <laughs> I don't think I do know that. No, that's a good question. Um, yeah, not an expert in that. I think I. What I do think you do? I, Have you read it? Yeah, I think I'm preparing for this episode. I was doing a little bit of research. I think it's below ten percent, wow. way below ten percent actually, mm, yeah. uh, and so. That's just kind of crazy that people think that genes are the majority of the problem. They're really not. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things that you you hear something, right? And we just sort of take it as truth. And if you hear it enough times, you convince yourself that that's exactly what is right. And so I appreciate hearing a statistic like that and finding that evidence that um, teaches, us, teaches us otherwise. It's really empowering. Yeah. It's really easy to be a victim, I think. It's, you know, just kind of sit back and let things happen to you. Yeah. It's another thing to take control and have a little bit of a say in how your life goes. And just imagine yourself, too, like when you're 80 years old, being able to get on the floor and play with your grandkids and go out for a walk without a cane Mm -hmm. and actually move at a pretty quick pace. Yeah. Like there are people on a plant based diet who've done it for decades and are in, you know, their octogenarians or above or just a little bit below. Uh, and are able to go out there and live a great life, even in old age. They don't have to be beholden to a wheelchair or a walker or mm-hmm. a little scooter or anything like that. That's why I think our society starts to say like, oh, you know, I'm getting old. I'm losing my memory. I must be getting dementia. And we just start to think that as we age, we get dementia, we get diabetes, we become overweight, we get heart disease, we die. And it's like, we don't have to have any of that. We really don't. And so um, I think that's so encouraging. And for me too, um, providing for a family, man, that is, that's big responsibility. And so I want to do everything that I can to nourish my family well um, and to take care of them. It's, yeah, there's a lot of power in what you eat and what you feed other people. That's great. That's beautiful. You almost described it almost sounds like you're describing like nourishment for your family as an act of love itself. Oh yeah. It is. Yeah. That's pretty it cool. Is. Thanks. Yeah. But when you think about it, that's what, that's what food is all about. Gathering around the table and breaking bread together. I mean, America has a little bit backwards with what we're eating, but also how we eat. We don't mm-hmm. necessarily gather around the table and have family dinners anymore. We sit in front of screens and eat too. So there's a lot, a lot of kind of things that we can adjust with our food lifestyles to really improve our quality of life. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a bit curious, Lauren. Uh, we talked about just like the aging aspect of this in terms of health, but what about also um, just body recovery? I know that there is a rise in athletes that are embracing the plant-based lifestyle. 
And a lot of the testimonials from that also include like the recovery aspect from like workouts and um, injuries. Can you touch on that a little bit? I can a little bit, you know, this isn't something, man, I wish I would have been plant-based when I was, you know, doing athletics and sports in high school and, um, but can you tell us a little bit about your background in sports? In no, school? I don't need to do that. That's irrelevant. <laughs> now. Okay, okay. I played quite a few sports in high school. Yeah. And I, I loved it and I, it was not bad. And I was a, you know, a power lifter a bit. And I just loved that. And I was strong and I was like, man, I can only imagine the potential I would have had had I been plant-based because uh, yeah, the, the little bit I do know, I suppose I should, this is something I need to be reading up on more, but um animal products in many cases and processed foods in general, they cause inflammation in our body and so does stress. So even like positive stress through exercise, it causes inflammation. And so when you eat a plant-based diet and you've, excuse me, you've probably heard the term anti-inflammatory, right? They come in blueberries and greens and all of these fruits and vegetables are anti-inflammatory. And so when you're causing stress on your body through physical exercise, but then you eat an anti-inflammatory diet, if you will, fruits and vegetables um, and whole grains and beans, uh, then you're repairing your body at the same time that you're causing this like good stress through exercise. So I think that's why a lot of athletes find some benefit in that, um, is that alone, uh, right? And if you think about it in terms of like oxygenation in your body and the blood flow, um, when you're eating a high fat animal diet, um, an animal based diet with like cholesterol that clogs your arteries, it sort of it gunks up your, your blood and um, prevents oxygen flow to the important parts of your body that need oxygen while you're exercising. Um, so again, a plant-based diet doesn't do that. It's filled with fiber and things that actually clear your body out and give you um, uh, better fuel. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Yeah. I have to say too, I mean, I, I have been plant-based since the same time of frame as Lauren. Uh, we started this yeah. journey together. Uh, and in high school, I was a cross-country runner and I would, you know, run 5Ks and I was super slow, always on JV. I would have to train the entire season just mm -hmm. to run like a 24 minute 5k. Uh, and now like I've been getting back into working out um, and doing more lifting too. Um, but I haven't been running that much. And the other day I just ran just to pick it up again after, you know, a whole, you know, like year without running almost. <laughs> uh, and I was able to bust out 24 minute 5k right off the bat instead of having to work towards it for a few months. So I was pretty happy with that. And I have to say, I could give a lot of credit to being plant-based because I can just, I just feel more free. I think, mm. um, I just feel like my body is more capable and I just like, I can just go harder and longer. I mean, Caleb and I play racquetball <laughs> and I can play like Caleb beats me a lot. Sure. Maybe I need to practice my By technique. Lot, he means all the time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Maybe he beats me quite, he beats me quite a bit. But I could go for multiple games. Like, Caleb, I feel – sorry, Caleb, I might be putting you on the spot here, but I feel like you're kind of tired after, like, three games. And I feel like I could play three or four or five more games after that. Uh, and I feel like I can just keep going. I feel like the Energizer Bunny a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely that benefit. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, Lauren, as you've gone on this journey, you've kind of developed a, a love and a passion for cooking. Can you mm. want to kind of talk about that for us? Wow, I do. I love cooking and so much fun. You know, I 
to tell you the truth, I really didn't start cooking until I got those vegetables from the farmer and I had to learn. Um, and so slowly but surely you start to get more comfortable in the kitchen. And once you start, I feel like there are many people on a plant-based diet who just come to maybe not love, but not dread cooking. It's fun. Um, on a plant-based diet, you know, even hearing me say earlier, maybe like beans and legumes and whole grains, like that for many of us is kind of foreign growing up. So you talk about like whole grains. Uh, I mean, there's rice, right? But there's also like, what is there? Millet and barley. Barley, and yes. And so many delicious things and all the kinds of beans and even vegetables. If you just took a moment and thought about every vegetable that you knew or every fruit that you knew about, you'd be like, there are so many. And same thing goes with like condiments and spices and just the cuisines around the world. So it is cooking has become my way of expressing my creativity. I always said I was not a creative person, but when you adopt a plant-based lifestyle, you realize that there are so many things to cook, so many delicious ways to eat. And so I've come to love it that way. And just again, to feed my family um, and my coworkers and people from our church and just those that we love. It's really sweet to be able to uh, feed something, feed them something that I know is nourishing them. So I love that opportunity in cooking. You become quite the the wizard in the kitchen. I would like to say (laughs) this is the whiz. Uh, You have so many different uh, tools. I mean, Mm. a lot of the tools that you have, like, you know, it's not something that has to be inaccessible. Like you can cook Mm -hmm. with anything. You've kind of developed your, you know, style of cooking over the past couple of years. Uh, And so you kind of know what you're comfortable with using and that type of thing. But it's kind of what I've seen in you. Like, I I don't, I'm not very, I like to think I'm a good cook because you're a good cook, but I'm really not. (laughs) Um, But it's just like learning a new skill set with all these different ingredients, all these different tools that you can use Uh, a little bit like learning a language. But I think it's probably easier than learning a language for sure. Oh, I bet so. Yeah. Right. And I mean, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, I think it, it does. It takes some time. You have to be patient with yourself and not try to learn everything at one time for sure. But, mm-hmm. um, and again, I love to cook. So I do have some, you know, gadgets that I use just to try different techniques and make different textures and things, but, um, certainly not important, right? You just need a good, you need a knife so you can cut some vegetables and fruits and, you know, the, the basics of sort of like a pot for, you know, or a saute pan, things like that. But otherwise, it's pretty basic. Everybody, I think, kitchen would be good enough to get some plants in. Yeah. That's great. I was going to ask you if you have any go-tos that you want to share. And you, you can share those. But I'm also curious, um, let's just, for interest, uh, out of seeing how this goes, but some of the, the recent meals that you've had, what did you have for dinner tonight? What did I have? I had... Uh, a burger and french fries what was the burger made out of oh um i have a sweet potato maybe and quinoa, quinoa and parsley and some spices yeah nice a quinoa burger quinoa, yeah yeah and then yeah. you air fried some potato wedges Potatoes, yep yeah, yeah it was good. really easy it was crispy and delicious yeah topped with uh sauteed kale and onion i did yeah that was, <laughs> yep had those kale and onion the kale was from the garden uh last summer it's been in my freezer i prepped it a while ago and just yeah brought it out for that but and lunch was a lunch was uh was it a minestrone minestrone soup soup? yeah Yeah. it was yep and then our breakfast is typically oats with just rolled oats and some flax or chia seeds and cinnamon and um, avery puts walnuts or raisins on his and um, then a banana blueberries and milk and you can do a lot of variation with that tons (laughs) of different things in there 
Uh, I'm trying to think. In the freezer right now, you have something we call an eat loaf. Can yeah, you describe what that an is? Eat loaf. So it's like a meat loaf, right? Just drop the M, I guess. Or you can call it lentil loaf or chickpea loaf. Um, the one in there, right, is a chickpea loaf. Never tried it, but it's made with chickpeas. I've made it before, made with lentils, and it was absolutely delicious. So I do like that a lot. And you can serve with like mashed potatoes, and nice. it's delicious. Last mm-hmm. Friday night, we had pizza. Yeah. Can you describe those pizzas? What was on the pizza? I make so many things I forget. To be honest, I don't repeat meals very often. Um, so I have a hard time sometimes remembering what we did. We made a cheese sauce, I think. Yeah, what was the cheese sauce made out of? The nut cheese sauce? I think yeah. it was made with cashews. Yeah, I sometimes I make yeah. it with like beans instead or potatoes. Actually, some onions sometimes. Yep, onions and yeah, something called nutritional yeast, which is like a cheesy topping um, that a lot of plant-based eaters use, which is something to look into. It's delicious. And you made your own dough for the pizzas. We did make our own dough. Yep, a whole wheat dough. Yes, it was like four ingredients, five ingredients. Yeah, That's really cool. simple. Yeah, really I'm happy great. to share any recipes if anybody's interested. And then one other. I would definitely encourage folks to hit her up on that. One (laughs) of the best parts of recording onward thinking is whenever me and Avery are dinking around with the the microphone and recording our episodes, uh, Lauren will always have some type of delicious dessert (laughs) that, you know, is just complete all plant based. And it's even better. It's even better than like a plant-based like brownie or whatever. So thanks, Caleb. The nice thing about eating those desserts is they're completely guilt-free. Like you just yeah. feel good eating them and uh-huh. you could eat quite, I've eaten quite a few of them yes. and feel great, yes. feel great eating them. It's, you, it's really funny you mentioned guilt. I feel like maybe I, this is just my perspective. But I feel like everybody at some moment in their life has some guilt with eating, right? Like there is something they know like, oh, I maybe shouldn't have eaten so much or I shouldn't have eaten that particular thing. Or we joke all the time about like, oh, I don't need dessert. It's like, well, why? You know, like what about it is so... Uh, like causing you to feel guilty. So that was actually a big part of why being plant-based was important to me because I was a big, I felt guilty a lot when I ate um, and I knew it didn't make me feel good physically. And so that's, yeah, I think to remove the guilt of eating is so beautiful. It's just so liberating. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Lauren has a wealth of knowledge on this subject, if you can't tell. Uh, For fun, she reads cookbooks and she... (laughs) reads all these other research books so she she knows her stuff as you have heard throughout this podcast episode and if you ever want to just come over and kind of get a taste for it just like a sampling you will not leave our house hungry we will be more than happy to kind of give you a little bit of a a tasting uh, I know mm. a while back last fall, we hosted my coworkers and we had a smorgasbord here uh, and gave them everything you could imagine from carrot dogs, which actually tasted like hot dogs, but they made out of carrots, <laughs> uh, to, you know, a chickpea salad, to a tuna list salad with no tuna. Uh, just a lot of fascinating, really good stuff that kind of serve as replacements for some of your tried and true classics but there's also some good stuff out there that's completely fresh and new Mm. um last week we had some really good like cheese quesadillas uh with tofu and uh seitan yeah Uh, cilantro lime rice that was really good um we make our own chips too Mm -hmm. out of pitas and uh tortillas tortillas Yeah. yeah So there's a lot of good stuff out there. And if you ever want just like some input from Lauren too, just maybe maybe you're going plant-based or maybe you just want to add more plants into your, your diet. I mean, we're not trying to convince you that 
you need to be just purely plant-based. That's, I don't think that's our goal, but we just want you to be taking the next steps and kind of being a little bit healthier and adding more plants to your life because you know deep down in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, logically, you know this, plants are good for you. Uh, and so add some more plants to your life, kind of develop your palate, learn how to, to appreciate them and the tastes mm-hmm. and the joy that they bring. Uh, and Lauren is more than happy to kind of give you some tips, talk about some staples. I mean, we didn't even get to the part of like some of the most common ingredients and different things that you can make in your kitchen, just as quick go-tos. Uh, she can point you in the right direction. She can give you some tips on grocery shopping. Uh, she is excellent. So mm-hmm. I'll put her information or content information in the details of this podcast episode, and you can check that out. Yeah. Can I also say one of my favorite things yes I read a lot of recipe books for sure but I also love menu planning that's kind of weird but like that has made us really successful or at least me really successful is like at the beginning of the week or the end of one week I'll plan like the meals that we're gonna have for the coming week that's just really helpful for me I don't like to improvise very much so I plan that but if you have like no idea where to begin and you just need somebody to like show you a recipe or to tell you, you know, a few suggestions for the week ahead, let me know. Cause that's like my favorite thing. And I would be really happy to support somebody in that way. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. Yeah. It's been a delight to have you on this podcast. Thanks guys. Yeah. It's been great to be here. Thanks for listening. Woo. All right. Well, Again, Lauren, thank you so much for being on the show. Very much enjoyed uh, the insights that you provided on this uh, important topic. And thanks to all of you listeners as well for tuning in. Uh, We're very excited that we had you along for this. And we're also very excited for some of the content that we have coming up. We have some exciting episodes in the works that we can't wait to share with you all. But as for now, uh, thanks again for listening to Onward Onward Thinking. Drew Stenzel, and this one's for you.